Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. Philemon is the shortest epistle in the writings of the Apostle Paul, but some would argue that it is the most problematic. There are those who have dominated scholarship who treat the book in the most simplistic manner, saying that it is about a runaway slave who stole his master's money and fled to Rome where fortuitously he met Paul in prison, through whom he became a convert to Christianity, and that Paul sends him back to his master with a letter pleading for his forgiveness. Others find the entire book as intolerable and argue that as it stands, the book justifies and seeks to perpetuate slavery. In my view, both approaches to the book are wrong or at best inadequate. The Book of Philemon, as it stands, is about two things. The first is that slavery, however benign, is unacceptable and intolerable to the human spirit. And the second is that the Christian response to slavery is that under all circumstances, we should treat a fellow human being as a brother or a sister, not as chattel and property, which is to fundamentally undermine the system of slavery of masters and servants and of slaves and masters. The book advocates a spirit of fraternity as the fundamental response to the system of slavery. The book is a conversation between the Apostle Paul, prisoner for the gospel, and Philemon, his erstwhile friend in Colossae. The conversation is about Onesimus, known to both Paul and Philemon in separate circumstances. But throughout the conversation, Onesimus says nothing. He is silent. He is confined to the margins of the conversation. Not a single word is spoken by him, not a word recorded that is uttered by him. There is a way to frame this silence by Onesimus as a perpetuation of the myth of invisibility and lack of agency of the enslaved, unable to speak up for themselves in protest and in their defense. There is a view there is a view in the world of slavery that the enslaved do not speak because they cannot speak. They cannot and do not form opinions of their own. They must be spoken for by others because they are not fully human. In some ways, this view 
perpetuate itself in our treatment of the masses nowadays. They do not speak because they have nothing to say. It is a mistaken view. In addition to that, there was a view in Roman law and other laws of slave societies that the enslaved have no legal standing, no right to mount their own defense. Therefore, the silence of Anissimus is consistent with the view of those who believe that they had no agency for the want of ability and for the want of legal possession, position. But what we have here in these 25 verses of this epistle is quite the opposite. In this work, Onesimus speaks and is making the most seminal contribution of all without uttering a word. Onesimus has made the most decisive comment by running away. By running away, he has said that slavery was unacceptable and was intolerable. We do not know what kind of slave master Philemon was, and it does not matter. We do not know anything of the conditions under which he kept the enslaved or how he treated his workers. Whatever it was, the idea of unfreedom, of being property or chattel, was unacceptable to Onesimus, and so he ran away to make it plain to all. The entire conversation was started in response to the action of protest taken by Onesimus. It is better to afford people a place to speak than to force them to protest when they speak in the only way they are allowed in protest. Freedom is the essence of the human spirit. We can use all the sophistry we wish to justify the conditions that are bereft of dignity and humanity. They will not find it acceptable or tolerable. They will work day and night to undermine it. They will run away even when there is nowhere to run to. Our best efforts are to be used to create conditions tolerable to the human spirit and propitious to their dignity and humanity, not in building barricades to keep them locked away and punish them for running away. The book of Philemon forces us to face the reality that the structures and systems founded on the inequality and the unfreedom of human beings are unsustainable and intolerable. They do not last. They will not work forever. They will be made by the people themselves to crumble. It is a matter of time. Secondly, the book of Philemon advocates for a spirit of brotherhood as the basis of sustainable organization of human communities, not hierarchical relationship of ownership and unequal access to power and to opportunity. The view among certain scholars that Onesimus stole money from his master Philemon and either sought refuge with Paul or coincidentally met Paul in prison in Rome or Ephesus has clouded the focus on undermining enslavement by a spirit of brotherhood, which is the thrust of this work. Paul raises the option of indebtedness of 
Onesimus to Philemon in order to complete his argument for Onesimus to be treated as a brother by Philemon. He was not asserting that there was a debt, but raising it hypothetically to say that Philemon should allow nothing to stand in the way of his receiving Onesimus as no longer a slave, but as a brother. This begs the question of whether or not fraternal relationships have the power to undermine structural injustice. Some disagree with this idea as naive, but in the case of chattel slavery in the Caribbean, the Baptist lay leader and freedom fighter, that is Sam Sharp, his pivotal moment came when he discovered through Matthew 6 that no man can serve two masters. God was the, un, the universal master, equalized both the enslaved and the enslaver. And this led Sharp to the rebellion that he led in 1831. The brotherhood of man is a revolutionary concept and and not readily accepted dogma. In the early days of the Christian church, they called each other brother and sister. Whatever their social class or financial status, they did not, they did so to entrench the spirit of brotherhood among all people. First, the church was a Jewish enclave, and then it became a movement among Gentiles, whatever the race, when one became a Christian was one became a brother or a sister. This program of accepting human equality was pivotal to the spread and impact of Christianity. We have lived to see the gains made there reversed in very tragic and systematic ways. Some say brother and sister, but do not understand or mean or do not intend to make it count. While there are, there are people actively reversing it as a way of life, they discriminate against others, undermine their human dignity. This is the case with economic opportunity, places of education, healthcare, access to housing, as well as access to justice before the courts. In fact, the re-entrenchment of social hierarchy and the mistreatment of fellow human beings through structures of inequality are at the root of many of our modern our problems in modern day society. We are watching the American empire, once thought of as a place of equality, crumble before our very eyes because too many of its people are too reluctant to fully embrace notions of human equality. It was the discovery of liberty, equality, and fraternity in the French Revolution that led to the Haitian Revolution that freed, that freed slave, the enslaved. Fraternity as the way to break down social hierarchy and end even slavery is not naive, it is prophetic. We need to return to commitment to this spirit of brotherhood and sisterhood in every place, in every way in which we find ourselves. In the spirit of Onesimus, we must make it clear that situations of injustice and wrong are not tolerable to us. 
to see the dignity of our fellow human beings trampled upon. We will not accept it. We must protest against it by the means, by the means at our disposal. We must also be very intentional to construct structures of equality, fraternity, and liberty. We must exemplify them in our personal lives and the places in which we find ourselves. And in all our personal relationship, we must advocate for them and demand them. We must speak up when others are excluded and spoken down to or spoken against. We must put ourselves in their position and call them our brother and our sister. May God help us so to do. Amen.